We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Well, I'm willing to give you credit for that one. Out of the out of the hundreds of puns that I've come up with, one of them has finally stuck, and it was not mentioned on the podcast naturally. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to RotoWire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Uh, lots to talk about from Game Week 4 of the Premier League, and we're going to whip around through that. But uh, first, let's get to uh, just our recap of our fantasy weekend, or last weekend. And for me, it was highlighted by every other situation other than me facing you in DraftKings, <laughs> you are now 
you are now three and one in our DraftKings head-to-head, and uh, I won literally everywhere else in every sport, in every, uh, basically in any format. If it was head-to-head, if it was an against the spread thing in football, I, I won everything except you. Ironic, you. ironically, uh, our head-to-head matchup was the only thing I won this past weekend. So I'm not sure if that should make you feel better or worse, but. Um, one of the the EFs, my EFSA loss was such a such a dumb. It was like my own fault. Like I checked my lineup, and uh, to give people a little uh, behind the curtains of how RotoWire works, uh, I'm usually the one who inputs our lineups on our lineups page on Saturday mornings, and so I know who's playing, and it's very easy for me to like set my lineups because I can. Because I know who's starting because I'm the one who did it. And I've been uh, splitting the duties as of late, which has been tremendously helpful thanks to Chris Owen, who we've had on the podcast before. And he happened to do the Crystal Palace game, which showed that Papi Suari was not in the lineup. And I just didn't – I was, like, looking at my team, like, all right, it looks okay. Uh, didn't even scroll down to the fact that I had Charlie Austin starting, uh, where I could have started somebody like – George Boyd, at least somebody who was actually pl- going to play. And uh, I just totally blew it. And I lost uh, that matchup and got handedly beat in both of the Taga leagues that we're in. And thankfully, I beat you in DraftKings. So, yeah, yeah that that's a nice consolation prize for actually. It's one hell of a consolation I'd prize. Say so. I'd say yeah, because so. you get to boast about no matter, Anyway, uh, for me, uh, I led the I led EFSA in scoring this this last week. And I didn't have two players play. That's how well everyone who I, I was going to say, yeah, you had a monster week. Um, I had four goals yeah. from a lineup of like eight. I think I might have two <laughs> goals all season. Yeah. I mean, it it does it did help that you know. Anyway, I basically I had Antonio who scored twice, De Bruyne yeah. who scored, and Callum Wilson scored. So scored a beauty, by the way. We'll get to all that in a minute, though. Uh, but it, it, in Taga, I believe I actually led scoring in our in the premier in the premier division, the Taga Taga League, not mm-hmm. the Rotowire Taga League. Yep. Um, that's what I'm gonna call it now, the Taga Taga League. Taga Taga League, yeah. Yeah, to confuse anybody. That's right. But the Taga Taga League is, I, I mean, I think I have like the fourth or fifth most points, and and I'm in like tenth place. Yep. Well, that, I mean, that's one of the that's actually the biggest reason why I hate head to head fantasy sports so much that we don't you don't reward teams that uh outperform 90 percent of the league you you're i mean obviously real sports works that way um although i would argue well i'm not even going to go into that we're talking about fantasy sports but that's why i hate head to head well, yeah, there are ways around it too, and I'm sure as the platform matures, they'll they'll be able to figure out the ways. Like, for example, in one of the football leagues, uh, the, the football league that I commissioner, uh, the top four teams get in on record, and then the next two get in on total points for the season. The two wild card teams. Yeah, I, record, record regardless. I I get that. I actually tried in my uh, my home fo- fantasy football league, we tried to do uh, basically a points league, which people confuse with rotisserie but it's basically the whoever has the most points each week you get those points it, it effectively if you just looked at your uh your head-to-head standings and saw just points for that's how you would determine it but the problem is, is that we happen to do ours on yahoo 
Uh, Yahoo doesn't let you then have playoffs. Like you have to play 17 weeks of points. And while I think playoffs are also stupid since, um, you know, if I don't like head to head doing them through the end of the season, I think is dumb. But if I, if I was going to have to do playoffs, I think you should at least be able to do points for the regular season and then playoffs after that. Or you could even do points throughout the playoffs, you know, like have four, six teams make the playoffs and then the top two or four each round advance. But I'm not in charge of stuff like that. So I can just come on a podcast and bitch about it a little bit. Uh, and, and, and bitch, you will. So let's, let, <laughs> let, let's, uh, let, let's bitch about the, uh, the game week four, shall we? Uh, let's start with the bitching Derby of the weekend, which was, uh, Manchester United against Manchester city in a game that was vastly entertaining at times was very open and very fun to watch. This is a rare time where two top teams played and they delivered an entertainment. Yeah, totally. Uh, totally agree we see these matchups all the time particularly with jose Mourinho on the touchline of you know uh, top teams everyone's like oh this should be a great one and then it's just brutally uh, i don't even want to call it physical but it's just like you know it feels like you're they're bringing soccer back 200 years but yeah this was great it was up and down it's almost like um the way that pep wanted to play was the was the way they played and united has the has the players to to keep up with that um, obviously, they didn't get the win, but it's it's kind of weird how uh, Jose Mourinho has a number of of players who should be able to play kind of this up tempo, really attacking football, and that's just not the way he likes to play. Yeah, and I'm not sure if Man United were like fighting his style in this game a little bit, but it, it didn't look like a typical Jose Mourinho game, especially in the second half when they were chasing. Mm-hmm. They actually were the aggressors, and they really took it to City. And um, yeah, it makes you wonder I, what they would have looked like had they started the game as they did in the second half. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, the, Paul Pogba was pretty invisible in yep. the first half, uh, but he turned it on in the second half and delivered quite a performance. Um, <sighs> Manchester United scoring their goal on a mistake by Claudio Bravo, to be fair, a Joe Hart like mistake. Um, I'm still not I, ready to give full blame to Bravo. I'm not sure. I mean, he basically had to jump over John Stones, and I'm not sure what Stones was well, doing. It's the same. It's the same thing that Joe Hart always got caught doing. He didn't have control in the box when he decided to come for the ball, or when he does. And I, and I, I say this all the time. That's the that's the confidence that goals goalkeepers can lose. Their reflexes rarely ever let them down. You rarely ever see like a goalie just, uh, you know, on a reflex say like dive the wrong way. Like it just doesn't happen that way. It's usually where, where where their confidence grows and wanes is when they have to make a decision on whether to come out for the ball or whether to stay back, whether to punch, whether to grab, whether to parry to the side or parry straight out. Where's the danger area? That's the those little things are where goalkeepers can can, can make their differences. But uh, Joe Hart, I, speaking of Joe Hart for Torino, he had a terrible game. Yeah, it's same, same same kind of mistake. It's. Just, yeah, it's it, it is what it is, and what I don't and I tweeted this out too with no response, of course. But I don't know, like, what which swing was greater, the Claudio Bravo lack of a punch slash drop of the ball, or the strike by Ibrahimovic, oh. who because of his height is the only person in the world that can get that shot off that way. Yeah, I forget who I was going back and forth with on Twitter about it, but. It's so he made that look so easy, too. And ninety nine point nine nine percent of players who take that shot either literally just swing and miss 
because it would look like it was effectively chest high almost, or they send it into row Z. Uh, there's no, nobody gets that shot on goal, let alone uh, as perfectly as he did. Like the guy, he's just a machine. And it's because he didn't have to do like the half volley or the scissor volley. He yep. just stood there. Just stood there, <laughs> lifted his leg and blasted it home. That's right. That's right. He probably would have. Uh, I'm five foot eight, five foot nine. If you know, if I was just standing there, he would have kicked my face off. He would have kicked <laughs> my head off my shoulders. Yeah. That's how high his foot was. Uh, it, it was. It was an amazing sight to see. But uh, on the uh, on the city side, though, they look so when they're. Uh, I mean, Jur- uh, Jurgen Klopp used this for Liverpool, but I'm going to use it here for City too. Uh, when they're good, they're really good. <laughs> and they didn't have their best player. Like I think that's what's so great about it. And it's not like Kelechi Iheanacho is on Sergio Aguero's level. Uh, I, I love all the people who keep talking about how his conversion, his shot conversion rate isn't sustainable. Um, as if like, we need somebody to tell us that guys don't score on 80% of their shots on target or whatever he is. But I mean, there's something to be said about being in the right place at the right time. He, he got that, um, on the De Bruyne, uh, ball that went off the post uh, Frank Lampard is continues to make a career about knowing where to be when when the ball is in the box. And, you know, I'm not sure that's something that is easily teachable or it's definitely not. And Ianacho has that. So um, while he's not Sergio Aguero, he does fit in nicely because with the number of attackers that City have, uh, it's easy to to find space in the box because they're the other guys are getting so much attention. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine Defoe has made a career out of being in the right place. At yeah, the right time. Yeah, totally. Uh, and uh, Iannaccio had the great touch to that sent De Bruyne free yep. on his one-on-O. And De Bruyne, did, I, I don't know why that's an assist, to be honest with you. That is a shot that caromed right off the post. I mean, it was a great shot, don't get me wrong, but it was I not assist-worthy th- to me. But. I didn't think De Bruyne got an assist. He did. Really? You sure? Yep, they credit. Yep, uh, it's, uh, it's on fantasy.primarleague.com. That's, he got credited with an assist. Hmm. All right. I agree. That shouldn't be in one. Nope. Should not. Ianacho's was nice. Ianacho's was nice. That was a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. Nice little head of touch to get him through. At first, I thought it was Sterling that did that, and I was like losing my mind because I don't know how Sterling would have done that at his size. But it was Ianacho. Anyway, uh, De Gea had four saves. I think that's his season high, uh, but it comes in a losing effort that counteract two goals against. So um, not really what you wanted to see. A guy who really didn't have a good game was Daily Blind. Um I mean, as Chris Swalling gets back, I'm not sure how much longer um, Daily Blind has on. Excuse me, on this starting eleven for uh, United. What's his position? Uh, like, what's uh, his, his best I, position? He was brought there, I believe, as a defensive midfielder. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like they they've moved him around so much uh, that we're just not sure what his best spot is. I mean, they played him at right back. They played him at center back. Um, like you said, they brought him in as a defensive midfielder. I'm not sure. I mean, there's obviously something to be said about the, his versatility, but uh, if if you don't know like what your best position is, how can you kind of improve to be in that position? The Jeff Cameron effect. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard, but he really didn't have a good game at all. Just something to, to point out there on the Manchester United side as Chris Smalling is nearing his way to the lineup again. But uh, let's move on, though. I mean, it, it was a great game, but uh, we'll move on to Southampton 2. Or sorry, Southampton 1, Arsenal 2. 
man, did Southampton get jobbed out of this one. Um, and I said this on the podcast, by the way, that Southampton were going to give Arsenal as much as they could possibly handle. And in the first half, I was uh, you were, I believe, coaching. but So you didn't actually see <laughs> the first coaching, half. I'm not coaching, just watching. Just watching, that's right. Um, but, but uh, you know, Southampton, Arsenal looked like a, a boxer who was basically doing the standing eight count for the entire first half. Uh, and Southampton finally, you know, hit him hard enough to knock him down for just, just just to knock him down for a little bit. And then Arsenal were like, oh, OK, we're playing a soccer game now. And then they turned it on. But they needed somebody to actually like pop him. Uh-huh. You know, it, mm-hmm. And it's, it was it was an amazing goal from Tadic in the fact that it was off of check, off of the crossbar, off of the back of Czech's head and then back in yeah. on, a, on a free kick. On a free kick on a really slow free kick like that was like a medium that was like a medium hit free kick that was that, that was just interesting to see uh but they gave it as an own goal to check with an assist to Tadic, depending on which uh, you know which scoring provider you have um for arsenal kashelny had a tremendous overhead <laughs> kick which which for not 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 only not even not, not even going to qualify by saying for a defender it was just an amazing overhead yep. kick uh some say that it was a high boot i say no um, I think it was perfectly within the rights of the game. No, yeah, and it wasn't Diego above. Costa agrees. Well, I mean, Dave, people complained about his too. I'm not going to complain yeah, about. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to him later. Yeah, I have a lot to say about him too. Uh, but Kashelny, and then at the end of the game, Southampton, I think it was Shane Long was clearly fouled, uh, which then was not called, and then led to the penalty, which was a little soft on Giroud. That, I'll put that lightly. It was soft. Um, and Santi Gazzola in the 94th minute steps up and takes the penalty and converts, and Arsenal gets away with a 2-1 victory here. Very Mourinho-like fashion, to be honest. They do! But, you know, was it a, if, if, if Mike Tomlin was their manager, he would be saying they got out of there alive. That was their goal. Was it a soft foul in the box, or was it not a foul? I'm biased, so I'm going to say it wasn't. But <laughs> okay. I'm willing to accept that it was a soft foul. Okay. Like, it, it was... It, I mean... Like if that was Diego Costa, for example, not Olivier Giroud, he'd be carded for diving. Of course, you say that, uh, especially because he should have been in the game. Anyway, we'll talk about him later. I have a lot to yeah. say. Um, but it, your opinion on Arsenal—just their listless start to, just their listless start to games. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's appropriate. It's like they they're not sure how to play right away, which seems like a very weird. Uh, thing for like one of the top clubs to effectively be be playing reactively instead of proactively uh they were don't want to get too much into champions league but they played psg today we're taping this tuesday and it was another kind of like mixed lineup uh granite Xhaka didn't start Giroud still didn't start um and so it seems like arson wenger's still trying to figure out what his best team is which is shocking since um all of these guys were there last year except the improvements, which were Xhaka and Mustafi. And so, like, if I feel like that that should be a very simple uh, in and out for Kokolin, who started today, or Elneny, who uh, eventually came on. And then Murtisacker's hurt. So, like, I'm not sure why there's so many questions about who's going to play when. Um, Lucas Perez uh, was okay in his debut, but, like, I, I was my thought is that Giroud has to be just still not like match fit after the summer because 
there's just no reason for him not to be starting. And I, I, I feel like they figured out a way to play with Giroux up front. And when, uh, when he's not there, they kind of stall a little bit and yet they're stalling without him or that's it. They're stalling without him, Yeah, which I can't uh, believe I'm saying, but. Yeah. On the well, he's a good presence to hold up the ball for all the wing players and attacking midfielders they have to run in behind him, which yeah. is what his role is. Uh, now, on the other hand, uh, let's let's flip this over to the Southampton side. Uh, Shane Long did not start. Uh, it play uh, it, instead. Jay Rodriguez got hey, the Rod, start. He, yeah. looked, he looked okay. I mean, he had a couple headers that went high, and I think a volley that went high. But when Shane Long came on, that's when the scoring chances, legitimate scoring chances, really started to come around for Southampton. Yep. Tucson Tadic was a menace to uh, to to the to the Arsenal back four, back six, if you want to count the pivot midfielders, uh, lining up in the tip of that diamond that Claude Puel uses. It, it's really working for Tadic, and he was setting up uh, Shane Long left and right, and Shane Long should have scored two or three goals. Um, yeah. If it was Shane Long of last year, those go in. He's he's just he has a confidence problem right now. It's like uh, it's like Maverick without Goose, uh, and I don't know, <laughs> and I don't know who that Goose is on this team. Who who? Sadio oh, maybe Mane. Sadio Mane, but yeah, Shane and Mane. Um, but it's it's been it, it's been a rough go of it for him so far this season. And as someone who has a lot of shares in Shane Long in season long formats, it's um, it's very frustrating to watch. I'm particularly frustrated because. Charlie Austin's also not really playing that much. And I feel like if long was going to struggle, then at least it should have been because Austin was playing well, but yeah, they just, they haven't figured out how to get the right guys in front of Dusan Tadic, who's clearly just head and shoulders above talent wise, everybody else on that team. Yeah. It's it, he, as of right now, he would be a hot January transfer. If the season keeps going the way that it is for Southampton, maybe, because he'd be worth max money at that point. Yeah. And, he, and he's not cup tied. Uh, well, you know, FA cup tied. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's move on. They Burnmouth reset in won. January anyway, don't they? I don't know, whatever. Burnmouth 1, West Brom 0. The game that promised to be nil-nil was looking that way until Callum so Wilson took it, took it upon himself with a beautiful what goal. What a goal. What a uh, goal. What a way to start your goal tally for the season. Uh, so that broke the deadlock there, uh, assisted by Adam Smith, by the way, who was on the waiver wire in Taga Leagues, and I don't know why. Um, so Burnmouth had been him. horrible. Yeah, but either way, uh, Adam Smith, though, uh, he got his assist. He also got a yellow card. Great. Uh, but on the West Brom side, they started Sato Barahino for the first time. and uh, Scored no goals. Yep, didn't didn't change anything, but Ben Foster did make four saves, which is kind of nice. But eh. why do you think they keep Barahino? Because they're not getting the price that they want. Uh, you know what? To be on, uh, here's the thing about West Brom. Uh, I I think the rumors the rumors for Roy Hodgson replacing Tony Pulis it's going to happen very soon. There's been uh, I think there's a new ownership group coming in, and as soon as the new ownership gets approved, I believe Pulis will be gone. And then they'll just unleash Barahino? Well, then it'll be Roy Hodgson who, who 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 may or may not be able to do that. But if not, they, you know, the sanctioning of the sale, I'm not sure if the new ownership group would like that because he's their best player unless they get the dollars that they want or, sorry, the pounds that they want. I just don't think they're going to get that now. He must make like 
5,000 pounds a week. Like I, I just, the, the numbers that we've heard and obviously those are usually false anyway, but like the numbers that are being thrown around for him, for a guy who is like effectively unproven over more than a season at best. Like, I'm not sure why West Brom wouldn't have sold him already. Particularly since they're not playing him. Yeah. Like, where, where's the value in keeping him? Because he's not going to get more valuable on the bench. No, they should start playing him at, at the very least. But it's it's just been a rough go of it for him. You know, that's kind of been stereotypical of the West Brom attack. I mean, they've had players that people deem talented, but they just can't get the goals because the system is not conducive to many play, many players in that attacking front. Right. It's just or any player in that attacking front. Uh, if you put Zlatan on that team, I don't think he scores a ton. <laughs> How'd that Nasir just Chadley be- move go, everybody? Well, uh, you know, it's one week, all right? <laughs> give, it, give it a minute. <laughs> I gave it 90. I hate you. All right, we're going to move on. <laughs> Burnley won, Hull won, um, Robert Snodgrass both doing terrible and wonderful things at the same time. Uh, Burnley did go up one nothing, and then Tom Heaton was on his way to a nice little shutout. And then, what do you know, Robert Snodgrass, who was on my DraftKings team, in still a losing effort, scores me a nice goal. Mm. Um, assisted by, of course, Tom Huddleston. Great, um, but uh, Steve, that 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 uh, that canceled out Stephen Defors, I believe, his second goal of the season yep. for Bur- Burnley. Um, he's been a nice addition to the Burnley squad since coming over. Uh, so, you know, Defor Defor and Snodgrass. I, I, that that probably weren't the first names that you would have thought would have scored here. Probably Abel Hernandez and Andre Gray, but. Um, I think they're both the leading point getters on their teams at this point for fantasy purposes. Yeah, there are plenty of people uh, who are very excited about Robert Snodgrass, um, and he showed Saturday. I, I've been very wrong about him. Uh, that being said, I just I can't get myself to roster him as as often as he's as he's performing. So um, I guess I'll just keep losing money. But the the idea that he is this like revelation and is going to have this fantastic season. I just, I'm struggling to see it more because I just don't, I think Hull has, has been much better than obviously much better than we expected, but I still don't think that they're going to be able to maintain this uh, for the whole season. And so, you know, once they start getting tired, it's going to get ugly. Which won't be long because they don't have that many. They have more senior players, but not a full complement still. Um, And they won't until maybe January. So it's just going to, it's going to be an interesting go of it for Hull. And you're right. Once they get tired, they're going to drop off a cliff. And unfortunately, that comes when they're playing their less talented competition because their first seven weeks are pretty brutal. This was right. one of the games that that's the easy games for Hull. So, right. you know, they've, got, they, they've, got, like, they've gotten some points, though, which is, you know, kudos to them. I think they have seven points right now, right? Or sorry, they have uh, the three, six, eight Four, points. Okay. That is pretty yeah. good. So I more mean, than I would have pegged them for by the now. Exactly. They're they're basically uh, what is it? They're a fifth of their twenty percent of the way towards that's safety. Right. That's right. That, that's pretty good. But before October even begins, mm-hmm. so you know, for for Hull's sake, they they gotten off to a dream start. For Burnley's sake, it's kind of where we thought they would be. You know, they they are who we thought they were. Yep. Are, and that's that's both comforting and disappointing at the same time. <laughs> I'm not but, sure there's anybody that's like jumping out at me from Burnley that I'm like, I gotta, I gotta roster this guy. 
Yeah. Nope, definitely not. I mean, not even Andre Gray at this point for me is a, a must roster. Uh, I'm particularly burned. I had Gray everywhere um, I know. last week. And I have him on my FPL team. Like the, ugh, I'm not sure he got a single shot off. Like, I just no. don't understand. Oh, he got one. Excuse me. One shot it's, off and he committed three fouls. Like, I'm not sure how you can go up against Hull and have that happen. It, it, Burnley played very defensively, which is why I think Tom Heaton is going to be the goalkeeper of MVP yes, of this year. Okay. I, I, I'll say it until you just start finishing the sentence or okay. just say it for me on a podcast. That's basically yeah. what's going to happen. All right, but let's go on. We have Middlesbrough 1 and Crystal Palace 2. Palace putting a marker down here. This was an impressive victory for Palace. So for, for this season of Palace, this is exactly what they needed to show that they have some offense and they got it provided by the big big name that they brought in. Christian Benteke got the goal, and Wilfred Saha was the midfielder of choice this week, which is always going to be tough with Palace. But he got a goal and an assist, uh, including I believe the game winner, which uh, when, yep. uh, after Ayala. Uh, Daniel Ayala um, canceled out Christian Benteke's goal with an assist from Stuart Downing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. very familiar names here except for Ayala. And I, I just think from Crystal Palace's side, if they can if they can pick up this offense, they're going to be just fine. I mean, we I joked about it. Not really joked, but they've been playing as if they were you know in a relegation fight. But Christian Benteke seems to be uh, the difference maker, and he's probably going to propel them to the lower mid-table this season. Yep, I think that's exactly what – I said last or in our preview pod that I just expected them to turn it around. Um, I still think uh, Andros Townsend, and I can't believe I keep saying this, but Andros Townsend is the midfielder to have. I think he's going to be the most consistent of that group. Jason Punchin looks really good. Um, they kind of look better without Yoan Kabai. Um, so I wonder if that's, you know, if when he returns, that kind of throws everything off again. But um we were speaking about this earlier today. Props to, I apologize, I forgot who, what your screen name was, but whoever won the Game Week 4 Rotowire group for the for Taga's Perfect 11 had an absolutely dominant score all over the place but started Jordan Benteke instead of Christian, which uh, obviously did not pay off quite as highly. It, it makes me feel... It's very emasculating. Even worse, right? <laughs> it's very emasculating for me. The uh, I read on Twitter that they are the first Belgian brothers to ever play in the same Premier League game. So, congratulations to the Bentekes. Mm. Well, speaking of emasculating, though, uh, Spurs 4, Stoke 0. Good God, Stoke looked terrible. Uh, Son came. Son came in and did very well. He had himself two goals and an assist, probably the MVP of any DraftKings lineup. Uh, Delhi Alley got off the Schneid, which was fun to see for one of my uh, Taga leagues. I'm going to try and trade him this week, as I do every week. <laughs> and, uh, and Harry Kane, of course, scoring his uh, basically uh, his mandatory goal uh, in a blowout. Harry Kane will score in garbage time, but they all count. Um, so it's uh, Erickson for two assists, actually finally outperforming Eric Lamella. Yep. And uh, Kyle Walker gets in on the action with an assist as well, proving to be a very good right back this season or a very good defensive option this season. Yeah. Gives you every reason to accept that Kieran Trippier is nowhere near this team. Then they should get rid of him, is my point. <laughs> well, uh, Walker he's... doesn't exactly have the longest uh, fitness success, so. 
We'll see. Well, who's the who's the guy that you said that there's actually the, yeah, the, the second choice? Yeah, I don't yeah, even know what his name is. The guy with three names. Yeah, I was going to say he's got a hyphen. Yeah. And the it's right not, back has three names. It's not Borthwick Jackson or whatever. Is, who's not Chadwick either, Cameron. <laughs> no, it's... I promise it's, we feel like we're experts sometimes. Yeah, it's it, and it's not Ruben Loftus-Cheek because he's on a different team. Right. Anyway. Uh, I was like, his name is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stoke just we, we've been saying it for weeks now they just look list, they, 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 they lack thrust they lack, they lack the impetus to get forward and to score goals and it continues albeit against a, a Spurs side that was very good defensively last season but good God <laughs> you know yeah. they, they couldn't do either they couldn't sit back and stop them and they couldn't get forward and and at least start a conversation in terms of back and forth on offense they just couldn't do it yeah I was never uh, expecting them to, you know, shut Tottenham out. Stoke in early September is not not the place that needs to, you know wants to be avoided. But the the attack just looks so bad. Uh, obviously, it was the first game for Wilfred Bonney. Uh, Jordan Shakiri is still out, so you know it's one of these that once they get everybody healthy. But uh, Shakiri has dealt with injuries like his whole career, and Marco Arnautovic looks terrible. Um, Joe Allen is Joe Allen. Uh, I mean, I'm just, uh, there's very little reason to, to feel optimistic about this team unless Boney can put them on his shoulders. And my question about Stoke is why is Charlie Adam and Glenn Whelan? uh, (laughs) What are they doing? What are they doing? Uh, Charlie Adam famous for getting yellow cards and scoring goals from 70 yards out. And Glenn Whelan is, Leland's been kind of a consistent player, though, which I mean, maybe that's been a problem for two years now. But yeah, the uh, I'm not sure why anybody would feel optimistic about this team right now. I mean, if I'm Gianelli and Beulah, I'm looking to get out of there as soon as I can. Oof. Oof. He Dang. made a milk was a bad choice. Stoke was a bad choice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's the uh, there are plenty of teams that could use somebody like him. Yeah. One of them probably being West Ham, too, who scored two times and somehow let up four straight goals in twenty something minutes to Watford to of Watford. all. After a you know two carbon copy goals, Mikel Antonio at the back post heading in from Dimitri Payet. One one's on a Rabona assist oh, from so Payet. Nice. We it turns out we were both right last yeah. week when we were talking about Antonio and Payet. Yeah. Um, but on the Watford side, Etienne Kapua keeps doing unbelievable. He has a goal and an assist. It, it's unbelievable. Igalo had a goal and an assist. Uh, Roberto Pereira Dini had got a heck of a goal too. Yes, he did. I'm getting to him in a second. Yeah. <laughs> Roberto Pereira, a guy who I like from the transfer market, he came in. He got his assist, and oh my goodness gracious, Troy Dini and, and and Holy Boss even chipped in with a goal. Yes, yeah. just. Uh, from front to back, and Watford said that you know the the constant celebration and the uh, the over celebration of the West Ham players when they were up two nil was what propelled them to score four goals. And my response to that is, what happens with the other twenty goals they've let up this season? Yeah. <laughs> um, the we knew that West Ham weren't great defensively, but that's like abysmal, and there's only one team that has allowed more goals than West Ham so far through four matches. And it's the team we just crapped all over Stoke city. Stoke. Yep. 
Yep. I mean, they got to fix that. It, it, and it's not just because, like, Aaron Cresswell is missing uh, because he was, you know, not exactly known for his defensive capabilities anyway. So uh, the uh, – eh, this – yikes. Not a good way to start your life off in the new stadium when you're trying to propel yourself to the next tier of the Premier League. Yeah, th- that's what it is. You're, you are not going to be able to make the jump to the next tier by just trying to outscore people. It will not work. Not when you're West Ham, at least. It doesn't matter who. Well, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Well, Simone Z- on that point, Simone Zaza he showed a lot of energy. Uh, he did pick up a yellow card, which kind of canceled out his performance. But canceled it was, out the energy. No, <laughs> he still scored. I think like six, eight points in, in in Taga, despite the yellow card. So, I mean, he was running around. He was getting at. He was being very active. But it's it doesn't matter when you let up four goals. I mean, yeah. as a striker, that 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 part doesn't matter to you. But he he was he was lively, and he looked like someone who has the ability to connect with with Pyatt at least. That's okay. all I'll say. All right, I'd like to see him score first before I start thinking that he can score many more than that. Yep, it was nice to see Adrian get four saves and still get zero. <laughs> oh, what a clown! It is what it is. All right. So a team that when they're good, they're oh, I, you know what? they're really good. Let me finish the quote. Uh, I got the score right for this game. I just sure didn't did. Sign to the right team. Boy, were you wrong <laughs> about that one? Hey, but hey, four one is still four one. I just got Liverpool confused with Leicester. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, basically, Liverpool did possess the ball and they passed it right through Leicester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and right into I, the. I, and right, well, yeah. I mean, the first, I think, it was the first, or the second Firmino goal, the one with the with the nice ball in from the outside, was the first goal. Yeah, um, it was it was a thing of beauty. Yeah. and I think Milner is the one who got the assist on that one. I believe you're right. And it was just, I mean, that's, I mean, that's how Jurgen Klopp would have drawn it up, or how he would have wanted to play it on FIFA 16, or when FIFA 17 comes out this, uh, I think, next week, mm. uh, or this week, actually. Sorry, uh, but it's. I mean, Firmino scoring twice, by the way, and then Sadio Mane got a beautiful goal on the counter, and Adam Lallana with a screamer from in, just inside the box. That was a heck of a goal, too. Basically, if were you a Liverpool attacker because you got on the score sheet in some way, shape, or form? Firmino twice, Lallana, Mane, and then on the assist board, Milner, Mane again, Sturridge got an assist, and Jorginho Wijnaldum, who's the one who rolled the ball about five feet over to Lallana, who just yeah. whacked it, and... Uh, Jamie Vardy got his consolation goal on a beautiful pass from, I believe Lucas. it was Lucas. Yes. <laughs> so he, he actually joked got, about that. Five, yeah. Liverpool got five nice assists. Yeah. He joked about that saying it was his first assist in like years. So, uh, yeah, that was one of the like, most bonehead plays I've seen in a while. But uh, Philippe Coutinho did not get on the score sheet. He uh, didn't start because it took him, you know, he was traveling back from Brazil, even though they kind of made these special uh, flight arrangements to get him back early, but he's the only one that didn't. So, um, I mean, this is kind of how you think. This is kind of how we thought Leicester would be last year, right? Like the 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 absence of Angolo Conte is just so amazingly obvious uh, for this team defensively, and they have nobody who can even come close to replicating what he was able to do last year, and. It just it means they're constantly under attack and unable to even get the interception to then send Vardy deep. Like it's the, 
they're a real mess defensively, and that's I think that's their problem, their biggest problem right now. Yep, and uh, the team that N'Golo Conte went to was Chelsea, who played on Sunday, and they tied Swansea 2-2 in a game. Basically, Swansea had three good minutes, um, and I, I don't even know how I don't even know how I'm going to put this. Um, Sigurdsson's penalty that was well deserved, the, and but Leroy Fair's goal he clearly fouled. I believe it was Aspilicueta. Cahill, Cahill. Cahill, excuse me. Yes, I mean Cahill did dwell on the ball. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all that's all in the past. Leroy Fair got his goal, which is great for one of my target teams. So I'm not going to really complain. Um, but Diego Costa was was the lightning rod of this game. Um, just he, of course, he scored and got a yellow card. Scored twice, got a yellow card. Um, he's going to be in yellow card suspension by October. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think he's getting a yellow card a game at this point. He's up to, I think it's three and four games, and I think five yep. is when you get the Yep, the yeah, you get, you get for one game, and then he'll get up to ten by about February where he's suspended for two games. Do you think he'll last that long? There are a lot of games in that Christmas period to, to uh, rack uh, him up. I might even want to think about it. But and that's, was, that's not even counting a definite red he'll get at some point. I think it was uh, New, uh, NJ Gunner who was uh, tweeting at me about um, – you know, basically about Diego Costa, how he should have, you know, he should have had like three, two or three red cards by this point because of all the yellow cards he should have been called for after getting his first one, yeah. including a dive in this game, which you know, it, it, if Giroud's, yeah, exactly, it, it, it made it was soft. It, 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 it was soft <laughs> oh, this one dive. was a soft foul. Okay. No, I'm saying it was either. I'm being consistent. It was soft, but I'm biased, and okay. I think it's just, that is what it is. But. Diego Costa could very easily have multiple red cards already this season. Yep. And it makes me, as a Costa owner in a season-long league, it makes me so nervous to have him. Um, Anyway, he's he's so talented at being in the right place at the right time and scoring goals, except for the end of the first half, where he was wide open in front of the net, no goalie, and he passes it across because he mishits it so badly. Yeah, that was Uh, weird. Because him and Terry did it. Terry did it multiple times. But the disappointing thing for me, most of all, was that it was the same back four. Well, uh, Terry's hurt all now. Conditions. Terry's yeah, hurt. He's hurt. Yeah, but it, my point is, is they still played with the same back four, even though it is so obvious that they are not good. Yeah, there are there were not many players who were brought in at the end of the transfer window that played right away. Uh, and so I don't think you can put too much stock into how they played last weekend versus how they will play. And obviously now that they'll be without Terry on Friday against Liverpool, uh, obviously I think, you know, David Luiz slips right in and then that just starts the movement. Yep. And uh, hopefully, uh, well, Ivanovic did, did do enough to maintain his place in the lineup because he got an assist on one of Costa's goals. I think on these, uh, on like the scissor volley kind of, which he's been, he's been pretty good. You have to admit he's been, he's been, oh, good. Yeah. he's been slow. <laughs> he, he's okay. He's the same as he always was. He just hasn't played against players on the wing. I guess the system is covering up for him because you're not seeing those isolated one. You're not seeing one-on-ones with him and pretty much anyone else with speed yeah. running right past him. Now that will change when they play Liverpool. Yeah. On Friday, 
Uh, we'll, we'll we'll preview that game uh, later he on in the week. Play. He will. I know. Um, <laughs> and Oscar got an assist too. Another player who should or may may or, he's taking the place of Fabregas, and I think he's just a worse version. But really, yeah, I guess he doesn't pass as well, and he can't shoot still. Or he can shoot sporadically. He does the Philip Philippe Coutinho style, where he scores from thirty yards out alone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but uh, it was just a really physical game, and it started from the very first, from the word go. And and the commentators were good, and they said, you know, basically Jordi Amat just elbowed, uh, you know, just left a nice little elbow in the back of the head for Diego Costa, just to let him know he was there, yeah. and that set him off for the rest of the game. Yep. Um, but overall. Overall, this game with I don't even know what to put what what to make of Swansea in this one. To be honest, yeah, it was like two. I mean, the the Leroy Fair goal is not one that you can look at and be like, oh, that's how they're going to score because that was kind of just a fluky situation. And Courtois was so bad on that cross. I mean, the oh, that was so bad. And why didn't he get sent off? Why is that not uh, a red? Because uh, the ball was kind reasons. of – Sigerson wasn't close enough? Was, no, no, no. Sigerson was close enough to the ball. The ball was heading towards the corner, and there was a defensive player running in behind Cotois at the time. Like 20 yards to the left? Uh, it, was more, it was more like 10 or 15, but yeah. because the ball was heading away from goal, he wasn't going to okay. shoot right away. Just, yeah. Is he the most it, overrated player uh, in the Premier League? I think all goaltenders are. I mean, David De Gea is the same way. Then I think I'm going to disagree there. I think that Thibaut Courtois should send half of his salary to Diego Simeone every week. I mean, he was making the same money before he was with Diego Simeone. To be fair, yeah, but he should be sending it to Simeone now. <laughs> he shouldn't have to split it, or he should have to split it now, because he made <laughs> him look like a world class keeper, and he has looked like nothing even remotely close to that. In, in Chelsea, I was on record saying that they should just go with Begovic and yeah. just sell Kotoa for whatever money they get because that's good business. Goaltenders are not worth it; they're just not. He's yikes! But I mean, it's it's again, this is all a confidence thing. I mean, then as long as he, if he gets the when he comes out the next time and he gets it, it won't be a problem for a while. Like it's just that's what goaltenders are. All right, that that stuff happens. But let's move on. Uh, let's the game to yesterday. Uh, was Sunderland zero and Everton three, and it should have been something like Everton six or seven. Yeah, uh, and specifically Lukaku could have easily scored a touchdown worth of goals. Yep, yep. He although the first half was a little slow, but yeah, hat trick in I think it was eleven minutes, and I think he hit the post as well. Hit so, the bar. Yeah, and there was and before he even started scoring, there was a cross that came in. He put his toe to it, and it went inches wide. Yep, yep. Uh, he had he had a beautiful header saved by Pickford right on the doorstep. I mean, there were a couple other, and again, there are a couple other chances uh, that you know on different days he would score. Yeah, and it was just it, 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 it wasn't just Lukaku either. I mean, Ross Barkley was rolling balls into him to let him use his strength in the box. It was really interesting to see him against Gila Boji. He just kind of back, kept backing him up, backing him up, backing him up, and all of a sudden he's six yards away. <laughs> yeah, Yannick Velasi looked awesome. Oh my God! Yes, Yannick Bolasie and um, Idris Ghana yeah. was the man of the match. Actually, if it wasn't for Lukaku, I think it was something like a hundred and two for a hundred and six in terms of his passing passes. Yeah, 
uh, that's that's unheard of. Yeah. yeah and he, really and he and I mean, he's basically he, he's a poor man's version of Angola of Conte. Conte. Yeah. Yeah. Not even that poor. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Not that there were a lot of guys still left on this team, but like David Moyes against Everton was like a giant flop. They looked really bad. Well, yeah, Moyes doesn't have the players that he necessarily wants yet. To be fair, um, Jordan Pickford in a consolation effort did make six saves. Yes, uh, he was not the problem. I don't even think Poppy Gilaboji and Lamine Kone were the problem either, uh, especially Gilaboji. Gilaboji was a monster in aerial duels and getting clearances. And it's just sometimes Patrick Van Alho plays too far up and he they got they got exposed in the channels, uh, especially because, you know, Belasi's on the right side, which is the left side of the defense, which is where Van Alho is. And Belasi's just skipping past him. And so something that will that'll that'll burn you. Um, now that Lukaku has proper service from the right and from the left with uh, David Lefeu and Balassi flanking him at times, it, it can be really dangerous. Yep. And Morales, too. And I was going to say Morales is there, too. Yeah. Yeah, The it'll all be whether they can keep it up defensively um, because, I mean, we saw last year that, that they can kind of score with everybody with anybody. Um, they've only given up two goals this year. That's the league best. Everton, yep. I, 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 like I keep saying it, it's so it's. it's I, I said it last, Spurs, excuse me. Well, I said it last year that you could, and the year before, and the year before that you can never trust the Everton defense, and I kept saying it, you know, earlier this year. The 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 rate at which they have adapted to Ronald Koeman's system is amazing. Yep, it's absolutely amazing, and they have done the business very well in the transfer in the transfer window too. Um, it's very rare. They to got see lucky it. not getting Musa Sissoko too. <laughs> they said they never really made an offer. We'll see. Uh, okay, it's 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 very interesting to see Lukaku, you know, being the Lukaku that Chelsea wanted. Uh, when you looked at the first few weeks of the season, it was you know Chelsea potentially trying to get in, just saying, "Hey, uh, he's not doing that well. Let's see if we can get him back for sixty million pounds, which is ridiculous." And that it, anyway, um, but Lukaku showed exactly why he's so special, and also because he's so young. He's yeah, I was still just about to say, people forget 20, how young he still is. It's like twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, um, he's just about to hit the prime, and you can tell that. If he plays like this every week, which is where you know that's where the experience is going to get him, is that consistency in this league? He's going to be so dominant. Yep, totally agree. Um, just uh, just as an aside, Balassi Ghana got an assist. Also Morales, who got I think the best of the three assists on beautiful through ball. Um, which it was, I had to watch like six times because I thought it was a Rabona. And I was like, yeah, why have I not heard of this? And then I realized. It wasn't. Yeah, he's not wasn't. Dimitri Payet. No, he's not. Uh, what's interesting, uh, another layer too, is um, you know Roberto Martinez, right? Used to manage Everton. I do know that. He now manages Belgium. Sure does. And he has installed Kevin Morales, who he benched famously at Everton. He's installed Morales in the starting lineup. And he has worked so well with Lukaku internationally, and now it's translating over to Everton. Hmm. Just something to watch out for. Hmm. Interesting observation. Yeah. Martin Stecklenberg, uh, 
I don't know how, but he's he's really solidified that that back line, uh, at least with the communication. Uh, he seems to be on point. Um, I, I believe it was Lyndon Gooch actually tried to chip him uh, for the for I think one of his two saves, and yep. that was the most challenging one. He just denied someone chipping him from about thirty yards from an angle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was really easy business for Martin Stecklenberg. Actually, Ashley Williams is. I was just about uh, to bring him up. Yeah, Ashley Williams, who I said that he should have gone, he should have gone to Arsenal. Arsenal should have went in on him uh, last season. I was saying that at the transfer deadline, him, him or Winston Reed. I thought they were just beautiful, like nice cornerstones that would pair nicely with Kashelny. Um, I, I think I think I'm definitely right about Ashley Williams. The jury is still out about Winston Reed, I guess, at uh, at West Ham. I think I think Williams is way too old for Arsenal to go after somebody like that. He he's found the fountain of youth at Everton. Then I guess. Yeah, I mean maybe, but the Arsenal is not in the in the business of buying like thirty-two year old center backs. I get that he's been good, but I'd rather try the twenty-three year old German guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's fair enough. All right. On the on that really awkward note, uh, let's try to end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast before it gets any worse. Uh, so we will preview Game Week Five coming up later on this week. There's a Friday game, which is Liverpool versus Chelsea, which will be a fun one. So we'll get to that and much more later on this week on the next episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.